Appreciate that. I'm uh, feeling a little nostalgic this morning. Uh, I had a birthday this week, two days ago. And birthdays are always a time of reflection. And uh, then last uh, month, the church where I'm a member uh, had a little celebration for me and the wife on 50 years uh, in ministry. I took my first church in March of 1957, and uh, in the process of uh, planning for that uh, celebration, uh, the committee asked the wife and me to uh, bring some little mementos, some little things of remembrance from the different churches where uh, I had served. And so as we dug through closets and, uh, and the books and so forth, I became even more reflective uh, as I thought of the years that uh, I have served. Uh, I have been pastor or interim pastor of 24 different churches, 24 different churches. I've served 26 uh, interims or uh, pastorates. Some of the interims and the pastorates were in the same church. And then when Vice President Grant uh, had the popcorn session recently, as he mentioned, when you gave uh, your testimonies and uh, songs, uh, I really felt the Lord leading me to, uh, to uh, give uh, some account of my own uh, life. And uh, so I'm, I'm doing this, not bragging and uh, certainly not complaining, but uh, hoping that I can glorify God and encourage you uh, as you go along uh, life's way. Uh, Robert Frost wrote a poem in which he said, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not follow both and be one traveler, long I stood. Uh, and uh, that's uh, sort of the way that uh, I have been, I think. Uh, but I think there are three roads that stand before you. In the 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Paul talks about three judgments that we as preachers uh, must uh, consider. 1 Corinthians uh, 4 verse 1, he says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. But am I not hereby, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. So I see one road you may follow, and that's the road of listening to other people as they advise you and as they pass judgment uh, on you. I see another path you may follow, and that is choosing your own way, deciding for yourself uh, how life should be lived. I see a third way, and that is the way that Christ would have you go so that he could be the judge and you would be found faithful when you come to the uh, end of the way. So let me simply share some of the ways that I have tried to follow uh, the Lord's uh, leading in my life. Maybe we could call this uh, milestones along my pilgrim journey. Milestones along my pilgrim journey. First milestone I would want to mention uh, was becoming a pastor. That was a special privilege, and some of you know that, and some of you still have that to experience. But when I became pastor in 1957, that was a milestone uh, in my life. I had completed my undergraduate work and uh, needed money, and so I had taken a job teaching high school, 
in order to make money to go to seminary. And a little church uh, learned that I was a preacher and they needed a preacher. Uh, and so they called me as their pastor. And that was a tremendous milestone uh, for me to pastor that uh, congregation. Uh, the second milestone uh, that I reached uh, happened uh, the summer after I began teaching school, and that is when I felt the Lord was leading me to, to work on a master's degree. I didn't know why. I didn't ever expect to use it, but uh, I just had a feeling from the Lord. I had the summer off. I was single, and uh, so I began work on a master's degree uh, in education. Uh, I reached a third milestone uh, a few uh, months after that, when uh, another church asked me to become pastor. Now, remember, I was pastor of one church. I was teaching school. And uh, now another church asked me to become pastor. Uh, I, I, I debated. Uh, I argued. Uh, but finally, I felt the Lord saying, you ought to put your name uh, in as a candidate. Remember that this was 50 years ago, and most churches... Uh, had what was called the annual call. That is, they voted on the pastor every year. And you served for one year, and then you were either reelected or someone else uh, was elected. And if you didn't plan to run, then you let the church know sometime before uh, the annual election. Uh, but I felt so strongly from the Lord that I ought to say yes, that uh, I told the uh, deacon the chairman that I would allow my name to be placed in nomination. Uh, the uh, Sunday afternoon after the election, he came by my house and he said, uh, you won. Uh, you've been elected. Uh, he said, uh, I think you ought to know that you won by five votes. Uh, he said, I think you ought to know also that the young people of the church were the ones who elected you. Some of them knew you from high school and uh, they went around to the different classes and said, all of you vote for Paul. Uh, he said, uh, I think you ought to know that the man who was running against you uh, was an older person. His son uh, is, was former pastor and still lives in the community and attends the church. And uh, so when I processed all of that, I said, Lord, I, I know you don't want me there. I know I cannot work there, but the Lord said go, and uh, so I went, uh, had a wonderful year, uh, baptized 26 people, uh, the most I've ever baptized, I believe, in a year's time, and uh, so I learned that the Lord uh, was with me, and I was on that third road. I was following uh, the Lord's uh, guidance in that way. Uh, the last Sunday I was there, I, I served only one year because I intended to go on to seminary. Uh, the last Sunday I was there, uh, the uh, chairman of deacons uh, said, uh, we, we have a little something we want to give you. And uh, so all the people, I think everyone in the church, came down and, and uh, laid on the offering table a little gift for me. I received everything from a 10-cent pocket comb, and I wore a crew cut then, uh, to uh, a beautiful homemade quilt. And I think everyone who came by said, Preacher, you're making a mistake in leaving. Now, if I had followed the path of listening to the judgment of other people, I probably would have retired a few years ago from that little country church. Could have had a wonderful ministry probably. But I felt that the Lord was saying there's another path. 
There's a judgment of Christ. And so I said to those people, thank you, thank you for your encouragement, but I really feel the Lord is asking me uh, to go on to seminary. And uh, so I did. I had a troubling milestone in the third church uh, that I served. It was my second year in seminary. Uh, I was under great stress. I was trying to make all A's that, uh, that uh, semester. Uh, we had had a great revival. Uh, I was planning my wedding, and, uh, and I listened to Satan. You see, Satan is very strong the Sunday after revival. And uh, he told me, he named the people who had not attended the revival. He named the people who did attend but who hadn't made visible moves. And he told me that the revival had, uh, had been a failure. And I listened to him. And so the Sunday after revival, I preached a very harsh sermon. And it disturbed a lot of the people and uh, pretty well divided the congregation. And I learned a valuable lesson from that. That was a milestone I have not forgotten. And even today, the Sunday after revival, I'm either going to take vacation or I'm going to preach a sweet, syrupy little sermon <laughs> that uh, I know uh, will uh, please uh, everyone. I, I am determined. I am not going to fall into Satan's trap again. And uh, I warn you, you know, watch that Sunday after revival. That may be a milestone for you uh, if you're not careful in uh, your ministry. I had another milestone shortly after that when uh, I uh, married uh, June Baldwin. She uh, has been the love of my life, my best critic, uh, my best uh, supporter, my best counselor. Uh, she's been with me in 22 of these 24 churches uh, where I have uh, served. And I thank the Lord for uh, giving her to me. I prayed long and hard and had to fight to get that woman. But it has been worth it all. I promise you that. That was a good milestone. I had another milestone with uh, graduation. Uh, I did not feel that I should remain in the church where I, I was presently serving, and so I announced to them that I would not be a candidate for re-election, and uh, so I graduated from seminary with a BD degree on Friday, and uh, from uh, a university on Sunday of that same week with an MA degree. Uh, I had uh, a Bachelor of Arts degree in English, I had a Bachelor of Divinity degree in religion. I had a Master of Arts degree in education, and I had no job. Uh, so if some of you find yourself in that milestone, I can, I can sympathize uh, with you. I did uh, take that first uh, path and decide that I needed to do some judging myself, and so I managed to procure a job uh, uh, teaching in high school. Uh, I remember walking one day from class at the end of the semester uh, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not going to go to that place. I almost fainted. I'm telling you the truth, you know. I said, Lord, you know, my folks don't want us coming back in on them and my wife's folks don't want us coming in on them. Now, you're going to have to come up with something in a hurry if you don't want me at that uh, school. Uh, by the end of the summer, because of... Uh, of, of uh, miracles, really, God things that he worked. I was professor at a junior college and uh, pastor of a church all in one week's time. 
That was indeed a milestone to be a college uh, teacher. You know why I got the teaching job? Because I had done that master's degree. Not because I had worked three years for that Bachelor of Divinity degree, but because I had worked four summers for a master's degree. I think sometimes the Lord leads us in, uh, in almost comical ways, doesn't he? As he leads us along the way we ought to go. Let me, let me tell you about how I came to be elected to that church. Uh, a, a nearby pastor friend uh, had heard that I was coming to that college to teach. Uh, he knew that this church was in an uproar. About half of them wanted to go independent. About half of them wanted to remain Southern Baptist. And uh, he, he told the committee uh, that I was coming to teach and that he would speak to me about coming to preach. Uh, I agreed to come to, to preach because it was near the college and I wanted to take another look at the college. And so I came and uh, preached uh, that morning. Uh, the next Sunday uh, we moved, the next week we moved, and the next Sunday I preached for another friend, and that night we went back to that little church for, uh, for services. It was close to the college, and they had treated me friendly. The custodian came up uh, to me and said, write your name on this piece of paper. And I wrote my name, and I said, why do you want to know my name? And he said, uh, well, I've got to put it out on the sign in front of the church. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, didn't they tell you? We elected you our pastor this morning. <laughs> now, now in, 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 in all honesty, you know, the church thought that I knew I was preaching in view of a call, but I did not. And uh, so I went there, served uh, four years, and had a wonderful experience in that. So don't tell me how the Lord's going to lead you, you know. You just don't know how he's going to lead you just follow him wherever he says uh, for you to go. Uh, I, I left uh, that college after four years and moved to Mars Hill. Knowing that uh, college teaching required more training, I enrolled uh, one summer at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. On the first day of classes, I met a colleague uh, of mine from Mars Hill who was working on her doctorate. Uh, when I told her the courses that I was taking, she said, Oh, no, don't take Dr. Smith. He flunked four students out of grad school last semester. I, I dropped into an empty classroom and, and I prayed so earnestly. It was time for classes to begin. And I said, oh Lord, what am I going to do? And the Lord seemed to say, you know, I, I helped you make out that schedule. Now you, you go on with that schedule. And so I did. Difficult course. We had to read a, 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 a book every two to three days. It was a course in modern fiction. Uh, and it was very, very demanding, very demanding. But I did pass uh, uh, the course. But uh, that's not the end of the story, you know. Uh, I, uh, I enrolled, made application for enrollment the next summer. And when I arrived on campus, I learned that there was no record that I had made application. And so I was standing in the hall outside the admissions office, uh, I'm sure, in a daze. And uh, this teacher, Dr. Smith, came by. At that time, he was uh, director of graduate admissions. And he said, uh, Mr. Sorrells, you look a little puzzled. And I said, yes, I came to, uh, to go to school, and uh, there's no record that I had applied. And he stepped into the admissions office and said, uh, I know this man, admit him. 
Now, you see, if I had listened to my colleague, I would have taken another course and I would never have met that man, you see, who provided the way for me to go for another, uh, for another summer. Uh, after three years at uh, Mars Hill, I moved on to, uh, to uh, Gardner-Webb and uh, taught there for seven years. And then through a series of uh, local and national circumstances, the enrollment at the college dropped uh, dramatically. And uh, so each department lost one person. Some departments lost two. We lost two in English. I was the last uh, faculty member to come, so I was the first one to go. And that was a milestone to again find yourself without uh, a job. Uh, I prayed very hard that I would not become bitter and, and angry about the situation. I knew that I was still in the Lord's will uh, and that he had something in uh, mind for me. Uh, I was interim at uh, First Baptist Church Grover during that time. Uh, as soon as they learned I didn't have a position at the college, they immediately asked me to become the pastor, uh, and I said no. Uh, one, it was a cold, uh, formal church. And uh, two, uh, I didn't know if I was ready for a full-time work. I had never been pastor of a full-time church uh, up to that uh, point. And so I said no. I continued to serve as interim. That was in April. Uh, the months rolled by. Different people gave me resumes to give to the committee, and I passed them on. Uh, I asked the committee if they were visiting other places, and, uh, and they gave me vague answers. Uh, in November, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to be pastor of that Grover First Baptist. I said, well, Lord, you'd better speak to the committee because they've not said anything to me for six months. Very next Sunday, the chairman of the committee came up to me and said, I want to know if you've thought any more about being our pastor. And I said, yes, I have. I said, give me a month. Give me till the 1st of December. Uh, and he said, okay. In the meantime, I consulted all of my friends that I thought might have influence to get me in a church anywhere but First Baptist Grover. Uh, nothing showed up, and so they voted me into the church as pastor. The very next week, I got a call from a church, the ideal church, the church that I would always have wanted to go to. But I was already pastor at Grover first. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, you knew about that situation last week. If you had wanted me there, you could have worked things out. So I want to thank you for whatever you saved me from. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I told the church at Grover that I was storing my grammar and lit books and that I was not looking for another uh, full-time position. I adopted the motto, Grover is my garden. And I tried my best to be the best pastor uh, that I could be for the four years that uh, I, was, uh, I was there. Uh, uh, I tried to uh, be uh, the best uh, pastor that, that I could be. But after four years, I, I felt uh, the Lord leading me somewhere else. I felt that my work was uh, completed. Uh, I felt that uh, I was ready for another milestone. I'd always uh, had a heart for missions. I always wanted to do pioneer mission work, and uh, so I thought I was ready for that. Uh, I received a call from a church, a Beaverdam Church, where I had served as interim. I knew the situation, uh, and uh, I did not want to go there. Uh, I, uh, I told them when the committee chairman called me, uh, I, said, uh, I said, I'm getting ready to go to the Southern Baptist Convention. Let me think about it. 
and I'll, uh, I'll consult you when I uh, return. Uh, I spent a miserable day Monday as we traveled to the convention. I spent a miserable day Tuesday, that first day of the convention. And finally, Tuesday night, the Lord spoke to me and said, Will you go wherever I send you? And I said, uh, Lord, I thought we'd settled that a long time ago. I knew he was going to find a place for me in Pioneer Mission work. And he said, I want you to go to Beaverdam. In the same association where I was serving, in the, in the same area. And I said, all right. I called the chairman of that committee and I said, if I get 51% of the vote, I'm coming. Because the Lord has already told me that I'm to come to that church. Uh, I spent uh, 17 years there, and uh, we had a, a good ministry uh, during uh, that time. Uh, after I'd been pastor there for about 15 years, uh, a new church formed just about two miles from uh, the church I was serving. They asked me to become their pastor, and because of that love I had for mission work uh, and because of my gift, I felt that would be the work for me. And so I began praying about that situation, but the Lord wouldn't give me peace. Uh, I prayed. I said, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to stay. Uh, you've got to give me an answer. Uh, and the Lord said to me, you're going to have to ask the people of Beaverdam to pray with you. And I said, Lord, you don't do it that way. Uh, you just up and resign, and they all cry and tell you what a wonderful pastor you've been, and you stay 30 days, and, and you leave. And... Uh, the Lord said, no, that's, that's not the way it's going to work for you. And so I had to humble myself and, and get up in the pulpit and say, folks, you know this new church that's formed just two miles away, they've asked me to become their pastor, and I honestly don't know what I ought to do. And I want you to join me in praying that the Lord will reveal to me what his will is. Now, that's not easy to do. Not a person spoke to me about it when they marched out of the church. They shook my hand, they smiled a little, but not a one said a word. And I tried to take that as an indication that the Lord was saying, I'm through with you here, look how cold-hearted these people are. But I knew from the years I'd been with them that they were praying. And on the Wednesday evening, on Wednesday evening, the Lord gave me uh, the assurance that I should stay where I was. Oh, what a blessing it is to be reassigned, reassigned, you know, to a church where you've served. And so that's what I did. I served there uh, for the remainder of my time. When I was 59, the Lord said it was time to resign from full-time Christian work. And again, I said, no, Lord, they don't do it that way. You wait till you're 62, and then you can draw Social Security. And uh, he said, I want you to resign now. Uh, and I argued with him, and, and one day he spoke to me, and he said, you are out of my will. Again, you could have knocked me down with a feather. I almost fainted when those words came to me. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me a couple of Sundays to work out the logistics, I'll resign. We had two, two worship services. And so the next Sunday, I announced that we would meet together for one worship service, and they didn't know why, and of course the house was full. We set out chairs and so forth, and I announced that I was resigning. They couldn't understand why, and I couldn't either. Uh, some of them came to me and said, which one of the uh, staff members is it that you're having trouble with? And I said, none of them. What, what, what have the deacons done to you? No, nothing, nothing. Uh, the, our association came without a, 
uh, field worker at that time, so word got out, oh, we know you're going to be uh, the associational missionary. And I said, no, I'm not. And then finally someone said, tell me the truth, do you have Alzheimer's? <laughs> and I said, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm saying that to say, you know, that when you follow the Lord, sometimes people just don't understand. They just can't understand, uh, you know, because they're so accustomed to judging from other people, so accustomed to judging themselves that they just know very little about the leadership of the Holy Spirit in that third way that, that we have to go, you see. That was truly a milestone when I resigned at, uh, at uh, 65, you see. One of the members of the church whose judgment I trusted very, uh, very much uh, said to me, we were preparing to build a new fellowship building, and he said to me, you know we'll never build that building if you leave. And uh, that touched me because I did want to see that building completed. But still I felt the Lord saying, it's time for you to leave, and so I left. You know what happened a month ago when they had that little celebration for me? The building was complete. We were worshiping in that building. My fantastic building. You can look out the beautiful windows and see deer playing in the cemetery. You know, it was just a lovely place. Lovely place. Uh, they'd done a masterful job. Kitchen uh, that uh, was, uh, was up to state standards. You know what they did? They named that building after me. And I didn't turn my hand to do a thing in the world. I didn't worry about anything. I just sat there and took the glory, you know. You know, I love that Bible verse that says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. He'll do it. He'll do it, you see. And so there's a building now at that building named for me uh, because I was faithful and willing to, to leave. Since that time, I've served about 14 interims and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed uh, each uh, one of those. I've been teaching here at Fruitland all of that time. And again, the work that I do at Fruitland uh, is part of what I learned in that master's program that I thought I'd never use, you see. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the yellow wood. And sorry, I could not follow both and be one traveler long. I stood. Well, I think I took both roads. Uh, I took the road of teaching because I loved that. And I took the road of preaching because I loved that as well. My teaching was and still is a, a joy to me. At uh, Young Harris College, I taught Ronnie Millsaps, that uh, blind uh, piano player that some of you probably have heard. At Mars Hill, I taught the man who later became my major professor when I went back to Southeastern to work on a D-Men degree. At Gardner Webb, I taught uh, our professor here, Kenny Korn, and uh, Frank Page, who is the present president of the Southern Baptist Convention. In my preaching ministry, I feel that the Lord has given me the gift of administration uh, and uh, church finance. I can point you to seven church buildings where I either was instrumental in helping to build or to pay off the loan that uh, they had when uh, I came. Now I'm uh, past 70, and the judgment of others just doesn't mean that much to me now, you know. Uh, my own judgment is sometimes cloudy. I, I depend more and more on my wife's judgment now. 
she told me to wear this tie this morning. Uh, but, uh, but the judgment of Christ becomes more important to me as life goes on. I want to hear God's proclamation, well done, good and faithful servant. So I'm going to say that there are three roads that lie before you. There's the road that you'll follow what other people say. You know, preacher, we'll never build this building if you don't stay. Preacher, you're making a mistake by leaving us. There's a road you can follow of trusting your own judgment. Or there's a road you can take of saying, thy will be done. Thy will be done. I hope you'll choose that path. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Lord, I thank you for my pilgrim journey. I thank you, Father, that uh, I was willing and and able uh, to follow you in almost every instance. And I pray that when these students reach my age, that they too will be able to say, with Caleb, I have wholly followed the Lord my God. I pray, Father, that you'd give me and these others who are 70 or nearing 70 or older than 70, that you'd give each of them many more years of service. But I pray that we'd always be careful to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.